What is up, River family? It is Wednesday, which means it's our Wednesday Bible study. Here's why we do this. We want to grow together right where we are. So we hope that this encourages you. We hope it inspires you. So let's dive into his word. What's up, everybody? It's Wednesday morning. Um, it's been a couple weeks since we did our last Bible study. Me and my wife were out last week suffering for the Lord. Uh, we were, we, um, okay, that's a lie. I, I'm going <laughs> to repent right now. We were uh, resting uh, on the beaches of Kauai. So it was awesome, right? Don't be mad at me. Yeah, don't be okay, yeah. <laughs> Uh, we're super excited to be back, though. We are getting closer. You know, there's 16 chapters in the book of Mark. We are in chapter 14. So we're getting closer. Um, after the book of Mark, we're going to go through the book of Ephesians. Uh, I'm super pumped about that. I've been taking a class on it. I'm going to straight up nerd out. I'm just going to let y'all know. Uh, joining me this morning, we have our outreach pastor, Tori. Morning, guys. And then we have our worship pastor, Braden. Morning, guys. Um, the reason that we do this every week is we want to grow together right where we are. So what we're doing is we're going through the Bible piece by piece, bite size by bite size, so that we can learn about it, right? As we journey through this, we learn more about God, um, and we see how he moves and how he's like a part of our lives and all that stuff. So uh, the last time we met and talked we had looked at this amazing story where uh, mary the sister of lazarus cleans jesus's feet with her hair and perfume and judas throws a fit because he's like oh you could have sold this and given to the poor and judas wouldn't have done that he wouldn't have sold it because he struggled with money and we actually see that he goes and makes a plan with the chief priest to betray jesus for money so we can see where his heart is so we're going to pick up in verse 12 we're going to go all the way through 21. It says, on the first day of unleavened bread, when the Passover lamb was being sacrificed, his disciples said to him, where do you want us to go and prepare for you to eat the Passover? And he sent two of his disciples and he said to them, go into the city and a man will, uh, will meet you carrying a pitcher of water. Follow him. And wherever he enters, say to the owner of the house, the teacher says, where, where is my guest room in which I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he himself will show you a large upper room furnished and ready. Prepare for us there. The disciples went and came into the city and found it just like he had told them, and they prepared the Passover. When it was evening, he came with the twelve. As they were reclining at the table and eating, Jesus said, Truly I say to you that one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. They began to be grieved and say to him one by one, Surely not I asking. There's a question mark, right? And he said to them, It is one of the twelve who dips with me in the bowl, for the Son of Man is to go as, as it is written of him, but woe to the man by whom the Son of Man had betrayed it. It would have been good for that man if he had not been born. Way to end it. Imagine <laughs> that being the, like, this is the last statement that Jesus says about that person. You know what I mean? Just like, ugh. All right. So we're going to start off. There's It's the Passover meal, The you know, the, the first day of unleavened bread. They're getting into the Passover the Passover meal, which is a very big Jewish tradition. And to summarize it, basically, it's to celebrate their deliverance from Exodus, right? It's the, the last day if you had wiped, put blood over your doorpost. And I, what was it you had to do with the lamb? I think you, you had to cook it or... Uh, you had to boil it. Boil it, yeah. Boil the lamb. Um, if you did that, the angel of death passed over that's why they celebrate it so all the firstborn in egypt were wiped out so they remember this day as a time when 
when the Lord had passed over them and that they were already covered. So they're in this meal and like this, there's this crazy moment where Jesus is like, he sends them out. He sends them into the city. Uh, the idea is he's probably in Bethany, uh, which we, we know from reading the Bible that Mary, Martha, and Lazarus are in Bethany. So he probably had a good place to stay. So he sends them in the city because the Passover was celebrated in Jerusalem. Uh, and it looks like Jesus has foresight. You know, what, what are you guys seeing in all of this? Yeah, I mean, he's telling his he's telling his disciples to go find a man carrying a jar of water, so he knows that that guy's going to be there. <laughs> you know, uh, the first parallel that I look at when I see this is the Passover. You know, Jesus is getting ready to go to the cross, like yeah. you said, um, and with the Passover, just like uh, putting the blood over over your doorpost, Jesus knows that he's going to be the replacement for that. Yeah. Um, he's going to be the he's going to be the sacrificial lamb, and so. Uh, I think in all this, he's getting ready uh, for himself to go to the cross. Yeah. I think he's a little, I mean, I would be a little nervous. He said he's a little nervous. He said if there's any other way. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, so that's the first thing I see is, is, is just the parallel between him and the sacrificial lamb. That's good because that's like when you read the word, you know, sometimes you see like, okay, Passover, festival. And some of us are like, well, what is all this stuff? If we don't have a background on it, it confuses us, and we just keep going on and ignore things. Um, but really, like the Bible says, that it's for kings to search, and that when we search out things, that He's going to reveal more to us. And so, when we start to search and like we look up, okay, what was the festival of unleavened bread? What was Passover? And like you're talking about, then you realize this timing is God ordained. It's not just oh, okay, it was at Passover. No, it has that that symbolism of. You've been, you know, sacrificing a lamb, but now the lamb has come. You know, the lamb is coming into the actual temple, the lamb, and he literally does that, you know, a little bit later. But um, it's really cool because if you really pay attention to all the words in the Bible, the Lord is revealing something. His word is alive. His word is God-breathed, you know. To couple with that, like, I'm in this weird kick. Like, if you hear me mention the book of Genesis, it's because everything goes back to Genesis. So you have the interceding of, like, the crossover or hyperlink between the Passover lamb and God's timing being perfect. But during this whole season, too, is you actually have, it goes back to to creation. Because Jesus will die on the, the sixth day. And what do we know about God doing on the seventh day? He rested. Where's Jesus on the seventh day? On the Sabbath, he's in the tomb. And on the eighth day or the first day of the new creation, the starting of a new creation, Jesus comes back to life. So I like that. All of this is moving mm-hmm. in like there's so many, so many stories. They were uh, we I listened a whole lot to a company called The Bible Project. They would use the term hyperlink. So many stories are hyperlinked together and actually maybe I would say colliding or crossing yeah. right here. In, in this moment for sure. So uh, let's go into this guy. This guy, um, Jesus sends him in. He says, hey, there's a guy. I would like to go back. Okay, so okay let's who go does back. he send? Who does he send? This is just kind of funny. He it says, said two of his disciples. Okay, it's supposed to be Peter and John. I think it's so funny because they argued and fought all the time. <laughs> and they raced each other. Yeah. Yes, and so if you've ever watched The Chosen, I love it because yes. Yes, oh, it's an app on your phone and you download it and it's free and you can watch the like the Bible come to life. And so it's so funny because Jesus is like, I'm going to pick you two to go in. And they like look at each other like, I don't want to go with him. You know, and he's Jesus is fixing to leave his disciples. And he's been with his disciples for so long. And he's trying to teach Peter and John that 
y'all are going to have to come together. You know, and I just think that's, that's so good. awesome. I'm sorry, I just had to go no. with that because no, I feel like sometimes God is like that with me. Like he'll do something and I'm like, oh God, you did that on purpose. You know, like, <laughs> I don't know if y'all can connect. No, he just gives him a task. And yeah. yeah. And he, but he's, what he's doing is he's trying to touch our hearts. He's trying to change our hearts towards something. And he knows the greater purpose is for these two disciples to come together. Because if you don't know Peter and John, that's the guys that were, you know, Jesus is like, hey, Peter's going to be rough. You're going to be in some chains. And John's over here, and Peter's like, what about him? <laughs> you know, like, and it's like, dude, you just got told you're going to have a bad death, and all you care about is the guy next to you. Sorry, I got off on that. No, it's so funny, because I, I was just thinking, I was like, Peter died crucified upside down. Yeah, John. John is the on only us. disciple who died of old age. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you want to talk about the disciple whom Jesus loved? <laughs> you know, just like, that's, don't take that. That's not, yeah, anyways. So, okay. So he goes into this city. He goes into the city. He sends Peter, Peter and John. He goes in the city and a man is carrying a pitcher of water. Uh, he says, wherever he enters, the owner of the house. So it, 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 this house seems to be pre-prepared. A tradition says that this is actually Mark's father's house. So Mark is the author of this book, or, or the writer of this book, uh, is known as John Mark. So this would be John Mark's house, right? Yeah. So this room had kind of been prepared. Um, now there's two separate thoughts. Yeah. And this is really fun uh, to introduce because in a lot of the biblical tradition, depending on your upbringing, um, there are usually two different thoughts on, on many topics within the Bible, just based on tradition. So there's one thought um, where this is where nobody knows. Nobody knows except for Jesus. So he's like, it's like the donkey, right? Yeah. He sends them in. He says, all right, there's going to be a donkey tied up. Tell the guy that, that I need to borrow it and that we'll give it back, right? And they walk in. There's a donkey set up. It all works out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's kind of this thought. Uh, and then there's this idea that this was actually pre-set up by Jesus. Um, and and the, I think there's evidence kind of towards both. What, what, you know, what do you think? When you read it, what do you think? Uh, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if he just knew <laughs> without setting it up. I yeah. Because, I mean, it's all God and all men. So, uh, yeah, I, I would think that he would, he, I mean, he, he knew. Because, I mean, it, it doesn't tell us that he set it up. Right, yeah. So, I mean, I, I would I say. I kind of think the same. Because, like, Jesus is, like, he's actually kind of hiding out in Bethany. Because if he goes in, he knows. It's bam. Because yeah, Jesus like, already has it set up. He knows he's he's facing death and he knows that he has people like waiting for him. So I kind of feel like he could have sent someone ahead and done all these things for sure because he's Jesus. Um, but I kind of felt like that maybe he just knew because um, he's he's not wanting to go in. And then the Passover, it means everyone is coming into town. So you have all these people coming. Mm-hmm. And so for them to find a man, which is a symbol, it's really important because like we've talked about kind of before, women are who carried the jars, not the men. So it would be a, oh, that looks weird. Let's follow yeah. that guy. You know, um, he would be a servant or he could, I think he's a servant because they say, tell the master. Yeah, tell the master. You know, yeah. so I think he's actually the servant. But the room is prepared. And But in my heart, it just makes me think, how many times has God told me to do something? It made no sense. And then somehow it all comes around. You know, where like God tells you, hey, I want you to do this or give this or be prepared for this. And you start to be prepared and then it all comes around supernaturally and you had no idea. It was all God orchestrated. So I feel like it could go either way. You know, it could all be God where this, this is a wealthy man. It, um, it's a large room. Most of them didn't have that large of a room for that many disciples. So I know. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, is he preparing, you know, like for, 
you know, does he know what he's preparing? Or is he preparing because he feels like the Lord's told him? You know, it can go, it, yeah. it can go either way for sure. Uh, in researching the other perspective, which is that it was pre-set up, they're, they're, uh, what they would say is that, you know, obviously the man, the man carrying a, a water jar is uncommon. So it would have stood out. That would have been like the eye catcher. Because uh, men carried wineskins, women carried water jars. Uh, but their other language w- that they would say is that when Jesus tells the man, the teacher, that this man would have been somebody familiar with who, like had a conversation with Jesus, would have known. And then he says, where is my guest room? Yeah, that's As good. if it's pre that's it, pre-arranged. Uh, um, here's what we can conclude. Because I, I think both perspectives are valid is one way or another, whether it was prearranged or God foresaw, is God is sovereign and his plan always comes to pass. You know what I mean? So whether you, you want to camp out in that, oh, this was set up, or you you believe that, hey, nobody nobody knew except for Jesus, is it points really to the fact that Jesus was just as committed to walking this out as, as, uh, as God had planned it to yeah. redeem all of humanity. He knew the time was coming. So he's like, all right, let's let's do this. And, you know, it's going to take us to one of the most intimate things that you could actually do with somebody. And that's to sit down and have a meal with them. So this is where it gets crazy. Right. This is I wanted to say it's the nitty gritty. This is the the nitty gritty is he sits down and at the Passover, they would have this bowl of sauce. And that's what when you would eat it, they would all everybody would dip their bread in the same bowl of sauce. So imagine they're sitting there and Jesus is like, they're having a real, it would be like us having a family dinner, things are going great, and you're like, hey, one of y'all is gonna stab me in the back. Like, <laughs> just like, I don't know, you know, things are normal thing yeah. Just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, what do you think, remember, what do you think, I'm thankful for the son and my kids, and what are you who's gonna betray me? You know, you just like, imagine this setting. So the disciples, and, and they start to ask Jesus, they're like, is it me? Is it me? Uh, Jesus, is in, in mentioning that betrayal, is actually quoting one of the Psalms where David gets betrayed by somebody that he's really close with. Uh, so, and, and then um, they, he says, well, it's going to be one of you who dip in the bowl with me. Well, guess what? They've all dipped in the bowl with him. So, he, yeah, even after asking, it's like, is it me? Is it me? Uh, they all dip in the bowl. And uh, when you see this, so we talk about why, what, what is it about a dinner meal that is so intimate and why does that uh, make the betrayal that much worse? What do y'all think? Um, I mean, just like we were talking about earlier, it's like, I mean, everyone knows it's Judas at this point. <laughs> Actually, they don't. I mean, only, like, only the readers. Now. Yes, uh, only the readers, yeah. Uh, but you just like we were talking about earlier, it's his last shot of like, uh, you know, Redemption is the last shot of repentance. Repentance, and so he, Jesus did. He, he tells them, if you go reading John, he's like, "Hey, you know, go do what you gotta do, make it quick." And so that, that's his chance to either say no, or actually go do the right thing, or to do what he did. And so I think that's the significance here. It's like he did have a chance. <laughs> he did have a chance. That's good, Tori. What do you think? Well, I think if we look at their culture, like it's intimate because they don't have their own plates. Like they're sharing, they're touching, they're break. You know, he's going to break the bread and and give it to each of them. You know, like everybody, it's they they're laying down in their culture. You know, they're mm. it's it's just a very different culture where 
as we are sitting at a table with a servant, bringing, we have our own area, you know, and it's just, a, it's a lot more intimate. And I think that's why before all this, you know, you, we, we, we don't realize, but in their culture, it, it means there's an intimate relationship, that they're very close friends. And so that's why they would get so mad at Jesus because he was eating dinner with these sinners. And they were like, you are becoming good friends, with, is what that means. With the wrong people. Not yeah. just you're eating dinner, you're becoming good friends with bad people, maybe, or people who sin, maybe is a better way to say it. And so it would upset them because they were trying to be holy, and Jesus wasn't coming to eat with them. You know, or if he did, he would be very rude to them and say insulting things, you know. Um, so I think that it's hard for us to understand the culture of how intimate it was. It wasn't just eating at dinner. It was becoming a, like a best friend, becoming friends whenever you, you did those things, I guess. I want to partner with that. So one of my favorite stories in the Bible is uh, we think of it, when we hear this story, we think about the army of fire that surrounds. So uh, Elijah, or it's Elisha starts giving tips. The king of Aram wants to invade Israel. Elisha's a prophet, so he tells Israel, and he's ticked. They're like, somebody's betraying us. And they're like, no, they have a prophet. So this king wants to take Elisha out, and they surround him. And the servant wakes up, and he's terrified. He's like, man, what are we, we're, we're going to die. And Elisha does, it's, it's the most amazing thing. He prays. <laughs> he says, God, open his eyes. Let him see that there are more for us than against us. And then when the servant like looks out again, he sees an army of fire surrounding the army around him. What's interesting is the army of fire does nothing. <laughs> yeah. All it did would all it would have done is remind him of the story of Elijah, how Elijah was picked up in a chariot. So now God's with us. Yeah, he's encouraged. Yeah. So then uh, Elisha prays, and they go blind, and they actually follow the person that they're going to kill to a city where the the army of Israel is, and the the, the leader of Israel says, "Hey, should we kill them? Should we wipe them out?" And, and Elisha says. No, prepare, a eat a meal with them. So when you ate a meal with another nation, you are saying we, that's like entering a peace treaty. Like that was, so not only is it intimate with like friends and stuff like that, like are you saying we are not just, we're not just at the table, we're friends, there's something between us. When you were at the table between nations, it, it meant peace as well. Yeah, so, so it's kind of funny. In a time of war, when they were trying to, he, they, they, he forces them to a meal. So he forces that king into peace through through a meal you know so in this moment like that makes the betrayal look that much worse because the betrayer the one that we we know is judas but at this time they don't know it the readers of the book of mark would know it because the story's been passed down but the disciples not they don't um makes his betrayal that much worse because it was an intimate moment with somebody that you loved and then you're going to Turn them in, betray them, which would ultimately lead to their death. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. to sit down at a table is, then is very different than than what it is now. You know what I mean? The intimacy, what it implies, which makes that betrayal so much, so much worse. But in the end, is it all leads into God's redemptive plan to restore humanity back to wholeness with Himself? Yeah, and then another dinner table. Yeah, and in, in Revelation when we're in heaven and the celebration and you know yes. so when he drinks wine again because he can't, can't drink it yet until he gets there so. a key theme yeah. through the Bible is that food is important to God it, is. <laughs> it really is, yeah, I mean, it, is. It, it was food that led to the fall of humanity but it's oftentimes food that brings humanity back into restoration with, it, with, it, with ourselves and with God so um, any takeaway thoughts 
Uh, I just want to encourage you guys, like, the next time we take communion as a church, like, think about this. Think about it. Think about what Jesus inviting us to this table means, you know, and uh, take advantage of that. Because, I mean, that's what, that's what it's for. God wants us to, to be at peace with him and uh, to be at peace with ourselves. And so just just really think about that next time you take communion. Tori? I just love how it doesn't matter if Jesus set this up or he knew, because no matter what, he has a plan for you. Like he has a plan for me, he has a plan for That's all good. of us. And he's gone before us and he's gone behind us. And you know, it, he, he has a plan for your life. And, and it was scary for Jesus going into, you know, he didn't know exactly, you know, he, he knew he was going to the cross, but he didn't know probably exactly how everything would unfold. You know, the Lord, or he would say, I only see what the Father sees and I only say what the Father tells me. So I feel like he literally was walking by faith every day, every step, every hour, you know, especially in those last few days. And so I feel like even he had to know the Father had a plan for him. Yeah, walking by faith and praying through it. Yeah. I mean, because yeah. you'll see him in the garden. Yeah. So, so that's really good. Next week, uh, we actually talk about the Last Supper. And here at the church, next Sunday is our communion Sunday. So I can't think of a better coupling for uh, the Bible study. Talk about God having a plan. Was that prearranged? <laughs> or- <laughs> All right. But hey, that's this week's Bible study. Uh, thank you for taking some time to join us. And, and we're excited. We do this every week at the same time. If you listen to this or watch this at a later timing, thank you for joining us. If you've got any questions, send them in. We would love to go after those things. So we love you. Have an amazing Wednesday. And we'll see you next week. Well, hey, that is our Wednesday Bible study. We just want to thank you so much again for joining us. And if you want to join us every week, if you'll click subscribe, this podcast will pop up right there for you. Again, we want to do this to grow together right where we are.